Welcome back to Crash, Crash on, on My, my Couch. Couch. I'm Arden. And I'm Will. And you're listening to Crash on My Couch, you sneaky little dirty little... Filthy little... Filthy little rat. Yeah. Disgusting. Um, hi everybody. How we doing? We took a little break, didn't we? We took two weeks off. We took two weeks off to effectively stream every day. We also just felt like... I mean... With everything going on, I just couldn't couldn't do it. No, I couldn't do it. And also, I just didn't really want to put, like, more sort of meaningless content out in the world, yeah. for, for lack of a better phrase. I just didn't want to feel like we were putting stuff out uh, and distracting from everything going on. It's just, it's been fucking crazy, you yeah, know? It's I think been nuts. We also have this issue where... Um, we were kind of turning on our podcast a little bit later because of the streaming stuff we were doing and it was coming out at different times. So we've gone back around and we're hoping now... We can be consistent. The consistent day every week should be Thursday. This podcast should be coming out on a Thursday. Yep. Um, And if at the very latest Friday. So it's going to be an end of the week thing. It won't, you won't be going weeks without it. It's going to be consistent. Indeed. And I'm happy to be back at it again. Aren't yes. you, Squillian? Absolutely. 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 And I'm especially excited about this week because uh-huh. as we told you guys on the podcast, uh, we are free featuring all people of color in these articles that we're talking about. Um, we really wanted to make this something fun and exciting and highlight people of color that we think are doing really cool and amazing things mm-hmm. in the world right now. And I think, I think we've done that. Yeah. Like it, it's not hard to find at all. And, uh, it's really fun to find. Uh, so we did a little research over the past couple of weeks and we found a few people that we thought would be important to highlight. And also people who just fit directly into our regularly scheduled program anyway, because I mean, black people have excellence in all of the categories that we talk about on a weekly basis. Um, and we're really excited to highlight them. So I will say as well, when we were doing the research, it, like I feel, I feel like it took us a little bit longer to find um, unique voices just because like the media doesn't highlight. Them yeah. As well. Stuff. People, everyone online is not pushing these voices uh, to the mainstream. So we did have to do a little bit more digging, which is so sad because it's there's so much amazing stuff mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. But you can't find it. No. And 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 specifically, you'll see it, I think, in mainly two of our particular ones. We have a treasure hunting segment that we're going to go to first. It's going to be amazing. And also, I would say your Go Science one in particular. The technology that we're going to be talking about and the development that this like amazing Black individual has been putting forth is like game changing and it's weird that we're not talking about it more so it's we're excited to highlight as much as we can with our meager audience (laughs) um but uh yeah i think i think you guys will enjoy this so shall we get right into it yes well first off how have you been will i've been good i just gotta ask how have you been good i'm so funny i feel like over the last two weeks like even though a lot's been happening and not, not a lot has been happening for us just because we've been stuck in the apartment and we've not been able to like yeah. get out and do stuff. Yeah. Um, it's funny because it feels like the world is running a mile at a minute, but a mile a minute, but, <laughs> but we are also still standing stock still. It's funny. <laughs> I, I also feel like in the last two weeks, there's been a lot of stuff that we can talk about on the podcast. Um, 
not even going into Fen's treasure where there's been so many updates about that. Yeah. But just like this, I feel like there's a lot of content for the upcoming weeks that we can discuss, which is yeah. good. Cause I feel like a lot of the time when we come to it every week, we're like, well, what can we talk about? What's like a big headline? What's the big story? And I feel like that we like because we I've like just been uplift- seeing stuff. Yeah. And also yeah. we, I think the thing that str- we struggle with too, is that we, for the most part, we don't like to talk about negative things. Yeah. So, you know, everything that's been going on lately, it, it is, stuff that weighs down on people like yeah i always feel like this podcast is just meant to be like escapism it's talking about like fun things. usually fantastical stuff yeah. that you know you just maybe it's not maybe there's no real logic to it but like you hope it's real or you know what i mean yeah, right. and, like the conspiracy yeah that we stuff talk like about that i mean we do like talk that. about real stuff yeah, but yeah, yeah, i yeah. like talking about the other stuff because it's just like uh a brief escape for an hour into something that you probably wouldn't even think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the fun of the podcast. I mean, the good thing is we do have people like that today because, mm. like, for instance, we have uh, an art detective slash art crime stopper we're talking about first. Okay, well, should we just talk about yeah, it? Yeah, I'm so pumped. Like, okay. I, I need to, I just need to talk about this guy because he's, like, incredible and I just need to talk about him. Okay, so... On I'll our f- next segment... Finders Keepers! Um, okay, so this guy that I'm talking about right now, uh, this is a man. He is named Dr. Abungu. Uh, he is incredible, George Abungu. He is from Kenya, and he has won the Award for Lifetime Achievement in Defense of Art. He is a defender of art, that, sir. That's I want that to be a title I can have. I need, I need, I just need real quickly though to like tell you the the rabbit hole I went down to find this guy. So I started off on a page that was six prolific uh, black archaeologists and treasure hunters around the world, and I started kind of like looking into it. Uh, and he was one of like the top six. And I was like, okay, this guy seems interesting. Yeah. Uh, so there's quite a story to it, but I think it's really fascinating. And the best way I can describe it is like, this is the real life Indiana Jones. It's nice because also this feels like an extension of Arthur Brand, the other art detective we spoke about. Yes. The white art detective that we spoke about yes. a couple weeks back. Yes. So it's kind of an extension of that. A thousand percent. And also I find that like, it's very telling that we talked about him first because I mean, I'm pretty sure he's Danish. Is that right? Arthur Brand? I think so. Swiss some, something. He might be Danish. He's European. He's white and European. And also he's dealing... Dutch. Dutch. Okay, he's Dutch. And he's dealing in primarily European art, right? Yes. So it's very telling that that was the first person that we saw when we looked up art detective. Whereas George Abungu, Dr. George Abungu, uh, specifically protects... Kenyan art and Swahili art and also uh these like cool um I don't even cool isn't the right way to describe it but these memorial posts called Vigongo which are basically ceremonial uh grave markers that are really really important um to uh male members of the Gohu society so like they're like carved wooden statues that yes that are grave markers with like beautiful like inscriptions and like 
They're carvings. Yeah. They're basically carvings. And what they're supposed to do is, I mean, like you can look up pictures yeah, of them. They're the pictures. so they, cool. They, they're so complex and they have so many different like patterns going on with them. Yeah. And they're supposed to basically like, they're an abstracted male body that is supposed to like represent that person and memorialize them. And also these grave markers are really important to um, like the society surrounding the uh, people who have died, the people who are supposed to be important to these grave markers, because it's also supposed to bring prosperity and protection, all these other cool things. So the the main and the, the, the big rare ones are from the 20th century, I believe. So like yeah. the early 1900s are the ones which are the most coveted. Yes. And they go for... Well, let's talk about okay. that. So so these, by the way, when I say grave markers, when I, when I say that, to me, when I heard that, I was thinking about like the traditional sort of like Western style of like a cross, like a wooden cross or a stone cross yeah. that would sort of be a grave marker. These things are nine feet in height. Yeah. And they're, they're huge. By, and they're by the grave, right? Yes. Yeah. And they're huge. And they have such a, like, a cultural significance um, that once they're installed, they're never supposed to be removed. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point, is that they're supposed they're to be... Slowly, uh, they slowly and naturally decompose, right? Yes, but you're supposed to leave them. That's the whole point, is that it's supposed to show... Untouched. Yeah, the vitality of the spirit Got and it. continue them. Yeah. So, and they're supposed to continue to play a central role in Mijikinda communities, and they're supposed to, like, prevent misfortune. All of this okay. to say, okay. they're very, very dope, very, very sacred uh, grave markers. And, lo and behold, they're worth a shit ton of money. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Which is pretty scary to think about, because they have such cultural importance and cultural uh, significance that the idea that you would steal one, they're priceless, effectively. Yeah. On the black market, these have gone from $150,000 to $250,000. You can get a quarter of a million dollars for one of these grave markers. So there's been a rampant problem of people, underprivileged people, young people, trying to steal these markers and sell, sell them on the black market. Nice. And wouldn't you know... Classic to fucking America, most of the black market uh, grave markers usually end up in the U.S. They most of the time end up in the U.S. And most of them are stolen. Yeah, most of them are stolen. And also there's this whole issue of these grave markers being stolen and ending up in museums in the U.S. Yeah. Without any, uh, like, idea of where they came from. They're just there. The origin story, what what communities they could have belonged to the ownership of the, that art is just gone yeah. and the people who are profiting off of it aren't the people who are in those communities it's not like they're pulling them out of the ground and shipping them off to america yeah. that's not happening it's thieves it's yeah. people stealing it yeah. so what did our man what did our man do <laughs> oh i'll tell you what he did so basically georgia bungu uh teamed up with the Association for Research into Crimes Against Art, went to America. And I imagine that, that wait, say it again, say the, the full thing, the Research for Crimes Against Art. Association for Research into Crimes Against Art. I just, I'm trying to imagine what the association looks like, the building. <laughs> like all I'm of sure them in beautiful. there. Yeah, I'm sure it's beautiful. I'm thinking of like brutalist just architecture. Just because we just watched Dark, I'm like, it's Sigmundus. Yeah, it's Sigmundus, effectively. <laughs> um, 
And uh, yeah, he's also, so Dr. Obungu is a native of Kenya, which is why this is so important to him. He also worked on uh, not only returning these looted Vagongo, the traditional grave markers, but also traditional Swahili furniture, jewelry, clothing. These, so this guy does fucking everything. Everything. And also, I think this is also very telling of of how museums get artifacts. Well, yeah, that's like, not that been like the biggest thing with like the British Museum. Yeah. It's like so much the British Museum is just like stolen. Colonizing. Colonizing. It's, it's, it's just crap taking things that, that it's aren't just there. Yours. And it's amazing to look at, be like, wait, how did. How did this get here? How did this get here? It says either, uh, like, what does it say? Contribution by generous donor yeah. or the country of Egypt or whatever. In brackets, you know what I mean? stolen. Yes, yeah, stolen. Hijacked. <laughs> Hijacked. A heist. Yeah, a heist, if you will. Um, so, like, he goes on this whole, uh, uh, like, repatriating sort of uh, mission to try to get back these memorial posts. Um and this also all happened right around the same time that the French president, Macron, uh, released a report detailing the reinstitution of, uh, or sorry, restitution of African cultural heritage to Africa. Because even like French museums, so many museums mm-hmm. that had like, that had the countries that had colonized Africa had just stolen culturally significant stuff yeah. and just never even thought of it as an issue or whatever. Um, and, and it's just, it's crazy. This was kind of happening at the same time. Um, in 2007, it was estimated that over 400 Vagongo had entered the collections of some of 19 museums across the United States, United States with often questionable acquisition histories like that. Okay. So 19 museums, over 400 of these, if they're estimated at the lowest in value at $150,000, that is millions of that's, dollars. That's math I can't even do. No, that's millions of dollars of not only culturally significant art, but also spiritually significant and like community significant art that is being stolen and they don't even get to benefit off of it. So anyways, Effectively, I feel like by day he, um, he like is just a normal scientist, and then when he goes and tries to get the art back, he transforms into I, I'm trying to think super detective, yes, Inspector Gadget, exactly. Um, so they did a big interview with him, uh, the art crime, uh. The Association for Research into Crimes Against Art has their own, like, blog where they'll interview people. And they interviewed him. uh, And they asked him, how did you bring the Vagongo back to Africa from the United States? And first off, he says, many greetings from Nairobi, which I thought was really sweet. He just starts with that, which is kind of (laughs) nice. But effectively, he has been uh, the director general of the National Museums of Kenya. So, like, he has been the head of those museums. And when he was... Well, I don't think he's actually the head of the museums anymore. Mm. But when he was, this was his biggest mission was to try to reclaim African art nice. that had been stolen through the years. I love that, yeah. He was like effectively like, you know, art He was detective. Indiana Jones, this belongs in a museum. Yeah, this but belongs our museum. In, this belongs in our museum. Yeah. yeah, not your museum. It belongs in our museum. Um, I love that. It must be so hard. Oh my God, a pigeon just hit our window. Whoa, dude. Bruh. Someone was just trying to tell us something. What was that? Uh, oh my god! I feel like there's gonna be like a note outside or something. Um, oh, I, wow. I love that. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, it must be so hard to track down missing art. Oh yeah, I, I can imagine that it's impossible because not only is it 
Is it... Because uh, you're working out, like, first of all, who stole it. So yeah. you did the first initial operation. Yeah. Then like, the, the, black, the black market um, selling of it to somebody else and then the exchanging your hands multiple times until eventually it's in a fucking museum. And, and you're like... And you're never going to know what, because no one's writing that shit down. No. It's not legal. So not, you're never going to be able to find it really effectively. But the crazy thing is, these are almost, most of the time, nine foot tall, yeah. you know, pieces of art that are ending up in museums. And it's like, well, how the fuck did that get there? Yeah. Well, you're telling me the museums aren't checking to see how it got there and asking for validity? It's crazy to think about the, like, the black market art world. Yeah. And how that thrives. Mm, it's mm. such a huge, ginormous thing. It's kind of crazy that's how most of art has been like Where does it all moved happen? around. I mean, uh, that's the thing. No one fucking knows. I mean, these people must Because I've heard they have like, there are like black market auctions. Mm, yeah. I mean. And all the supervillains appear. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, I would, I would like that uh, <laughs> 16th century trident nice yes of yeah. course because tridents were so common in yeah. the 16th century yeah. um but yeah. anyways dr bungo said i got involved with the with the vingongo issue when i was still at the coast of kenya working at the coastal archaeologist working as the coastal archaeologist as well as the head of the museums there during that time we had to deal with thefts not only of the vingongo but also the I- illegal sale and purchase of swahili cultural materials such as chairs doors and jewelry all that qualifies. Yeah, stealing a as fucking the, door. A fucking trying to door. Flog that. Yeah, yeah. And then just shipping it out to America. Whoops. Oopsie daisy. You gotta go. Yeah, just trying to fix the hinges. And you know, US museums like not asking questions. This is this is kind of cool. Nope, we're pretty used to stealing. We'll like, take that. Everything from Africa. Yeah. So yeah, wouldn't wouldn't shock me. Um, with the cooperation of law enforcement agencies, we managed to apprehend a number of dealers who, unfortunately, due to the leniency of the law, often managed to get away with only small fines by way of penalties. However, it was a lesson to others. So he did catch people. Like, he caught people in the act of doing it. Yeah. Which and is he pins crazy. them down against the car and goes, well, you've got to save yourself. Yeah. I love it. He's like, it. sorry, I... I don't know. Yeah, nice. Um, you get the idea. Yeah, I know, I get it. However, the return of the Vagongo to Kenya, this happened. Uh, uh, I started the process of return by working with two scholars from the USA who had worked on the Kenyan coast and knew the Vagongo and the families from whom they had been stolen. Because this is personal. Yeah, that sucks. These that's, are that's families. Horrible. This isn't. That's and the also crazy because they're thing. only from the 20th century. It's not like they're that long ago. No, this it's is like, someone's like grand. These are people's yeah. grandparents. Yeah. Like it's like it's it's really personal. It's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. It's so disrespectful more than anything. Yeah. yeah. Um. And we basically blew the whistle as well as contacted these institutions during my time at the museum to inform them that we knew they had these items. And as a country, we wanted them back. Imagine sending that email like, hi, excuse me, America. Yeah, you're not allowed to steal one more thing from Africa. Give that back right now, you little assholes. Um, as my successors at the museum continue to follow up through official channels with the institutions, I continue to write articles using these as examples of illicit and immoral acquisitions. In the end, both the Kenyan government as well as the concerned institutions took the action to return to the Gongo. Since then, many have returned. So like that, all of that effort, all of that effort, yeah. he returned two of them yeah. and he won awards for it. Yeah. It's like... It's crazy that that's how much effort you have to take just to get something back that's that is yours in the first place. I love it. It's it's a film waiting to be made. Oh, it really is. It really is. It's so impressive. He also got this dude is so dope. He also got um, so he got uh, so he, he trained in Cambridge, which is kind of cool. He was a Cambridge trained archaeologist. 
Uh, and he also got the Lifetime Achievement in Defensive Art from the Association for Research into Crimes Against Art, which we know. And he's also, get this, a Knight of the Order of Arts and Letters, which is an official title that the French government can give people. So he's literally a defender of the arts, which is like so fucking he's cool. He's a knight. He's Arden. a knight. He's an art knight. How cool is that? Fuck. Yeah. He's the art knight. We love to hear it. Oh, so, so cool. That's great. I mean, that's just one of those things where, like, I just wouldn't know anything about. And it it's so important and such a cool story. That it's just, silly you, that we haven't yeah. known about him. Yeah, he also is the first, uh, let me see here. He's the first African recipient of the World Heritage Fund Award for his contribution to capacity building in the field of heritage in Africa. So because he like spent so much time reclaiming and art developing back, everything. Yeah, and developing the museums because he was the head of like several museums in Kenya. Um, That's he, so cool. I know. It's so cool. He became like this big, he's just like a huge figure in the art world. I just think it's so cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So anyways, he's dope, and now you know about him. Well, following on from that, we can move on to our second segment, which I guess in a way is a kind of an extension of it. Is it? And I'll explain why. Ooh, okay. I'm kind of excited. Uh, so our next segment is... Go Science! Ding, 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 ding. Eagles, MC Square. Um, <laughs> you have to say it. You have to throw it in every single time, don't you? So much like this, we've heard about Arthur Brand. Mm-hmm. We've now heard about we've now heard about our amazing new art detective. Yes, George Abungo. Um, so I was looking into uh, like technology and how I, it kind of just occurred to me that, like all the like all the technology trailblazers that we know about are uh-huh. white men, white men from America that yeah. live in Sil- Silicon Valley. And I was Offici- like, so yeah, you know, it's like obvious people come to mind like Bill Gates, Elon Musk. You know, Mark Zuckerberg. A handful of these fucking people. Yes. Um, I was like, there's got to be somebody... Some young black innovators who are doing cool yes, shit. Yes, absolutely. And so yeah. I started doing some research, and I found this company called LISNR. And uh, it's... Which is Listener, right? Lis- yeah, Listener. 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 Um, yeah, I didn't want to pronounce it wrong. Um, it's very, very techy, which I think works yeah, really well. So it was founded by this guy called Rodney Williams, who um, I think he had done some stuff in banking before, but basically gave it all up because he had this idea. Mm. So basically, um, we all use Apple Pay. I use Apple Pay. Yeah. You love Apple Pay. Yeah. I think a lot of people nowadays are Double using Apple Pay, especially watch. in Europe. Here we go. I don't know if it's as like, uh, widely accepted in uh, the US. I think I've been using it more It's and more. a newer thing. Yeah. But here in... In the UK, I think people have been using it a lot more. And also like contactless payments, like not just Apple Pay, but like you have a contactless yes. chip in your credit card so that you can like tap in yes. and tap out. Yes. So there's like, I think it's like an NFC chip. Um, and so the, prob- but the problem with it is, and the reason why it's like slower to adopt in other countries, and it's also now that I'm thinking about it, now given everything going on COVID and coronavirus, it's a much safer way it's more important now than ever. Yeah, because, you know, you're not exchanging um, credit cards to other people. You're not giving cash. It's You're literally just tapping your phone. You don't have to touch anybody. Yeah. Like, it's it's incredible. Yeah. And it's quick. So, um, Listener is basically an alternative. Oh. Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, Listener is kind of like an alternative to Apple Pay. And it works using ultrasonic authentication what does that mean so what it means what is, is that sounds like some that's sci-fi shit right it there. really is <laughs> so what it means is like you're 
um, if I rock up to um, buy something, I've got my product, bought a coffee. Yeah. And I open up my phone. My phone will send an ultrasonic sound mm. to this other person's phone. Right. To the person, um, my brain's not working, the vendor. Okay. And so we can't hear the sound. Mm-hmm. But the other person's device or phone, iPad, whatever it is, will pick up that sound, mm. recognize it's me. Mm-hmm. And so you can transmit data via sound. Whoa. But because we can't hear it, it's it's crazy. It's like it's you, you don't know how it's working. Right. Because in my head, so what you're saying is this would effectively replace NFC chips. Right. And the, the, big, the big thing is, is so because... Um, it's been slower. It's been slower to adopt in some countries. People are trying to work out is there another alternative. And the reason why it's slower to adopt is because NFC chips are kind of expensive, and you have to install them in everything. Everything. Yeah. And uh, the technology costs a lot of money to make. You'd have um, to replace every credit card. Yes. You'd have to do everything. It's limited to like the phone and like so. For example, the NFC chip in my iPhone, Apple is like responsible for kind of maintaining that. Right. This is a piece of software you download. Right. So you could have it yes. any on any device. Anybody can download at it. At any time. Yeah. It's an update rather than something that you'd have to have installed. It's more safe. And physically. it also has the ability to send um, more information, which is kind of interesting. So and wait, are you saying that that the person that you're talking about developing this, have you are you are you gonna go into who yes. he is? So Rodney Williams is the guy that started this. He from what I'm gathering, I'm trying to find more information about him. He was working at a, a bank as like an analyst before this, but he left that job, sunk all his money into the startup. Like he did the startup grind to I get this that. moving. Good for him. Apparently he was down like a lot of money to begin with. But recently uh, he's had, I think Visa have invested in the company. Now really? the company's valued at millions. That's amazing. So it, Good for him. It's, it's getting bigger and bigger. But I watched a video on him talking about the technology and it was really interesting. It was like kind of revolutionary. It was like the idea that like, say for example, you go to a concert, instead of having to wait in line, because that's fucking boring. Yeah. You can just roll up to somebody with an iPad on your way to them, your phone's already sending a signal to the right. iPad. So you don't even need to open it and like click a button and kind of fiddle around with it. So already doing it. And by the time you've walked up to that person, they can have their name, your name on their iPad. Like so, I'm coming into this place. So yeah. So like you're walking up to me, I've got my iPad and I'm by the door. I'll get a notification saying, oh, this is Arden. They've just arrived. Yeah. So they'd be like, oh, hi Arden. No having to look something up or anything. It would trigger the system. Right. And I saw that, I heard, because I was listening in, and he did a, kind of like, I don't know if he was doing like a, a seminar It was kind of like a TED Talk, like but TED it was talk. for another thing. Yeah. It's really interesting. We should really tweet it out, because we'll tweet it on the Crash on My Couch podcast uh, Twitter so you guys can watch it, because it's really interesting to hear him talk about it. Um, and he's obviously very passionate about it, and it sounds amazing. But I heard him talking about how it's really silly and stupid that, like, for a concert or for like a gig you're going to or for um I think he used like anything. Sam like it's a anything. Samsung console. Anything you would use Apple Pay, Google Pay, anything yeah. for. But I'm saying like he used like the Samsung conference as a really great example yeah. because even at this very high tech, very like, you know, uh well, high-tech conference where you would expect like the doorman to be a robot, you're still needing to bring paper tickets or like a physical key card to well, come into a place. The other thing is, is you know, we've used it a million times. You know, when we go through um, the airport and we've Sorry, used it. I didn't understand. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, when we've used um, 
we've used a mobile boarding pass and you go through security and they yeah. scan the QR code yeah. on your phone. Effectively, you wouldn't even need to do so that. So this is also a replacement of that too. It sends a signal. So for example, if you do have a ticket, it's this um, signal it's sending out. So you don't even need to like fuck around with your phone and have to show it and get it under the bar scanner and do any of that. You just walk in and out. You would just walk up. Your face, your information would pop up on the screen. Yeah. The so the effectively, it's just those high frequency, uh, like uh, sound waves that yeah. would just let technology and sending know data. About each other. Yeah, yeah, because we can't hear it. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Is are they saying? Is he saying that also? This is something that could already be instituted because all of our technology has microphones on it. Like, is he saying that this is something that could be easily implemented yeah. if you had like a software update? I mean, we literally just had a great example of that of our trying to talk to us yeah. because it heard like the tiniest little thing that could have been related to it. I mean, there are microphones listening to us all the time. I think that's the idea. So, I, I think it's, it's, yeah. it, it, I think the, the main thing I was reading about it was just like, it's meant to streamline things that shouldn't take that long. Mm. Like, you know, just like queuing up for stuff. Like it shouldn't, that or, be- or messing around your phone. Like I know sometimes, and, and given Apple Pay has become a little bit better at this because now when you, tap in for the tube you don't even have to double click you just tap your phone which yeah. is amazing mm-hmm. but that technology can get kind of outdated so fast because it's so expensive yeah and it means that um poorer countries are gonna have a hard time getting on board with that yeah with a technology that is safer it is faster it's more streamlined it's more modern yeah and so this is kind of an answer to that yeah i think that's really really cool yeah. i i think it could also be something that would be really interesting i mean just in in what I'm seeing right now in America, I wonder if this is something that could ever happen with like voter registration. Like if you could walk up and yeah. have all of your information on your phone ready to go in a high frequency wave, it sends it to the polling yeah. station. You can get in, vote and get out without having to fill out loads of paperwork or a last minute registration or waiting in line for a crazy amount of time to be like issued a specific booth to go yeah. to. All of those things, I feel like, could be alleviated by something like this. 100%. Um, I think that would be so cool, especially if it's something that I'm assuming what it is like is like, I mean, the best way I can describe it is like if you have um, like your your own personal frequency, like a social security number or a tax ID yeah, number. Yeah, 100%. Like that is your code. It he, holds your credit cards. Would, it holds everything. But judging from a seminar, he was arguing it's actually safer as well than Apple Pay or any of those things. So it's just like, it seems like a really amazing idea yeah. and technology. And I think, you know, judging from everything going on, it seems to be doing really well. Yeah. Um, it sounds amazing. Well, hats off to him. We love a we love a young black entrepreneur changing the tech it is, world. It is funny. I was thinking about it like a couple of days ago. I was like, it's really weird how society um, gets on board with new to- technology so quickly. Yeah. And then we kind of forget that they ever, we kind of forget that they didn't ever exist. Right. We get very comfortable, don't we? So like <laughs> I was thinking about the Apple Pay thing. I was like, I mean, I use Apple Pay fucking constantly i use it for everything when i'm in london but if you think about it the apple pay thing's only been around for like three or four years yeah but i but you you it's so second nature yeah i can't think of it any so fast yeah and it's like yeah and and it's so funny when it first came out you're like oh is anyone going to use that and now you use it every single day constantly but it's just weird how all these things you can go through all the things in society that happened over the last 10 years i'm trying to think even stuff like like the apps, App Store. Like, this mm-hmm. is a thing in the last 10, 15 years, but we rely on it so much. And these are just new technologies. 
even like I was thinking about streaming music. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like if you go back to like mid 2000s, you would have to buy a song and pull it in your iPod. Or you'd have like Napster. You'd have Napster. Or... You'd have whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Streaming is like a relatively new thing. That we've completely and we become reliant we just don't on. even think about it now. Yeah. I don't it's even think about it. It's just there. But we, we, it, it's, we, we become so advanced so quickly mm-hmm. and we don't ever really acknowledge it again. It's like, oh yeah, that's the thing now. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a Google Home. Yeah. When the, when the fuck did we all start getting these things in here? <laughs> like We did. We like, just when did. When are the, the Echoes and the Google Homes of the world? Uh, so many people have them. Mm-hmm. Or the Apple TVs. Yeah. Like the things that plug into your TV and you just... You, people don't have cable anymore. These are like advancements that just happen under the radar and we don't ever acknowledge them. And it happens. And I feel like this is an example of one that could be implemented where in the next 10 years... You yeah, wouldn't even think about it. You might it. just rock up to an event or a concert or go into your supermarket. And not even think about it. And you don't even have it. to think about it. You're mm-hmm. just walking out. And it's funny because there's technologies like, I think Amazon, even though we don't want to talk about Jeff Bezos, Amazon were doing <laughs> a, a thing where- The grocery store is The grocery about. store, yeah, yeah. Well, like, they like scan where you are in the supermarket and basically you just walk in, walk out. You don't have to use your credit card. It just, it keeps track of everything you're picking up mm-hmm. and then adds it to your Amazon bill. That's so cool. There's technologies like that. There's, it streamlines everything. Yeah. It's really, really cool. And I think that's the next stage of technology. I think this is a good example of it. It's not about necessarily like coming out of a crazy new idea. No, it's, it's just making improving. things super efficient. Yeah. It's a pr- improving on previous yeah. ideas. And I, I think this one is particularly exciting to me because I feel like what he's trying to do is change the way we wait for shit. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the main thing that I heard from him was like, you know, he even said, I think he made a joke where he was like, you know, even if you're a VIP in an event, you're waiting you're at the door. Waiting, like, you're, you're waiting for you're waiting yeah. at the door. You're waiting for your friend Mike to come and tell the front door guy that yeah. it's cool. That it's, really, it's so clunky. Yeah. But if if my friend Mike just gave me the, you know, yeah. code or yeah. whatever that I could put on my phone that ping would send out the yeah, ping, yeah. then it would just ping the front door and I would just be let in right yeah. away. I yeah, wouldn't yeah, even yeah. have to I wouldn't have to grab anyone. I wouldn't have to talk about anyone. And also it's something that wouldn't require um like Wi-Fi or anything. It's not like it requires being on the internet. As long as you have it on your phone, the high frequency noise happens physically in the real world. Yeah. So it's not like something that you have to like download. No, and I think it's also like, it's 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 funny because it makes me also think of like, you know, like Apple were doing that thing recently where like now you can send money to people in an iMessage. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing where it's like, why haven't, why hasn't that been a thing? Yeah. Why, why are we so behind with stuff like this? Like he, like Rodney is like, giving you a solution solution to saying that Mm -hmm. is so fucking basic and so fundamental yeah like something that should be improved much like sending money akin to like yeah like not having to wait in line for shit being able to just roll up and just get in and get out yeah i think it's even more uh important given given the pandemic you want to be in and out of things quickly you don't want to have close contact with people yeah you want to be contactless you want to be in and out i think this is such a good technology to kind of prove that yeah i think it's amazing so yeah anyway i thought that was really cool and that's the 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 company's called listener l-i-s-n-r if you guys want to look it up you can it's yeah definitely check it out i Um, think you know what to be honest i know you've been into your uh like robin hood like putting some small amounts of money investing in companies like you know a couple a couple quid into a different company that would be a good company to invest in if they ever went public that would be a good company to invest in for sure um all righty well i think it's time to move on for our final segment 
Lovely idiot. You're such a dummy. Um, well, it's us. Yeah, we're so, the dummies. So we're the dummies. Uh, we're the big ding dang dummies because a we're ignorant in a lot of aspects of our life, but also in particular. Did you know that the Me Too movement was started by a black woman? No, and I actually I didn't I, <laughs> I didn't I'll, I'll be I'll either. be honest. I'll be honest. I didn't know where it came from. No. I I I thought it was I think a lot of people thought it was the case of like um one woman coming out yeah. on social media and just using that as a hashtag yeah. and then it's spreading. Yeah. But I didn't know the origin of it. I didn't know where it came from. Yeah. It's such an incredible, we were talking about it, such an incredible phrase. Like it's such an incredible hashtag. It's a thing to Me use. Too. You can yeah. You can see it and you acknowledge immediately what that is and what that means. Yep. Yep. And the solidarity that you can reach by using that phrase is so important. And that's why Tarana Burke came up with it in the first place. Um, so like same, I thought you know, the first time I heard about the Me Too movement, to be honest, other than just, you know, randomly getting hashtagged, um, was Alyssa Milano. Yes. That was the first yeah. person that I heard talking about it on Twitter. Um, and it was really, it's very telling that the person behind the curtain the whole time was a black woman who was also a survivor. Mm -hmm. um, she grew up in the Bronx. She's an American activist. She's incredible. Um, she was also the Time Person of the Year for 2017, oh which is pretty incredible. And it is crazy that she was the Time Person of the Year for 2017. I mean, you don't know what the origin is. And I didn't know about that. No. Like, I can't, I cannot believe that. Um, I mean, that once again, that's why we're the weekly idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, Time named Burke among a group of other prominent activists dubbed the Silence Breakers. Because effectively, the Me Too movement was the person of the year for 2017. Yes. Um, but obviously, Burke was like the head of it, right? Yeah. Um, so she grew up in the Bronx. Uh, she is a survivor of, of sexual assault and sexual crimes. Um, she attended university. She started organizing press conferences and protests regarding economic and racial justice. Um, she moved to Selma, Selma Alabama. Uh, she was working with survivors of sexual violence, and she developed the nonprofit Just Be uh, in 2003, which was an all-girls program for Black girls aged 12 to 18. Um, and then in 2006, in 2006, she founded the Me Too movement. She started using the that in a common phrase to yes, describe people that went for abuse. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And began using the phrase Me Too to raise awareness of the pervasiveness of sexual abuse and assault in society. So I think a lot of times also people assumed that the Me Too movement was something that shined a spotlight on Hollywood and was centered on Hollywood. But But this woman started this in Alabama. She didn't start this in the middle of Hollywood to specifically highlight like primarily white celebrities in Hollywood. That wasn't the case. This was for underprivileged people and marginalized people who were needing solidarity That's with each crazy. other and marginalized women who needed solid solidarity with each other. Um, so yeah, in 2008, she moved to Philadelphia. Uh, she started working on nonprofits and at the Art Sanctuary of Philadelphia. She was a consultant for the 2014 Hollywood movie Selma, which is pretty cool. That's sick. Um, and the phrase Me Too didn't develop into a broader movement 
uh, until 2017, which is kind of crazy. So she took a life of its own. Yeah. And it took a life of its own. But if you think about it, I mean, she started the original movement in 2006. And so that means it took 11 years for her to see national attention for this movement that she started. And I think that's just like so incredible that that was a thing. Um, I just, yeah. But it's, it's funny. It's kind of going off like what I just said before about how like it, such big breakthroughs happen over the last 10 years in our society. Yeah. That now we don't even, I mean that the Me Too movement is so unbelievably incredible that that happened. Yeah. But can you imagine the world before, before that? Before it. Where it, it this, shit, this shit was just going on and no, no one, one could talk no about it. No one spoke about it. Mm-mm. And now it's just a thing that finally, this is a thing that, that we know about. Yeah. People have acknowledged. Yeah. And now it's, that's just society now. Yep. But it's just, it seems like we we're moving fast. We are, which yeah. is good. Yeah. I mean, that's all. It's all good stuff. It's it's why, like right now in particular, in our time in our country, is really tumultuous. Yeah. Is because we're dealing with. I think a lot of people want to move fast, yes. and a lot of people don't, don't want to move, move forward. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of people are racist. A lot of people, people want to go racist. backwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are racist, and a lot of people are anti-racist. People want to go to 2050. The other people want to go to 1945. There you go, Will. That's very good. And that's the conflict. Yes, that's the issue. Um, and it, this, you're going to be blown away by this. Uh, Burke didn't even know that the Me Too movement had, had kicked off until October 15th, 2017. Oh, my God. When her friends texted her and were like, by the way, your hashtag is being used online. So did Alyssa Milano see... Was she aware of that hashtag or was it like, how did that come to fruition from that, from then to that? I think what happened was Alyssa Milano had been a fan of the movement and had seen like similar hashtags happen, but in a really niche setting. And I think also, I mean, it's such a clever phrase because it connotates empathy and understanding so quickly between people who are survivors of sexual assault or sexual abuse in any form. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it makes you understand that person's position almost immediately. Like you say, this thing happened to me. It was awful. Right underneath that tweet, you'll have someone else say, you know what? Me too. Same thing happened to me. Yeah. Like it's just, it's such a clever phrase and it's such like a it poignant is. phrase, yeah. something so quick, something so easy to talk about. Um, and I think it also like, you got to be impressed because it broke down barriers between women who felt like they couldn't talk about this kind of stuff with each other. Yeah. I think it's like, it, it was like a really simple, clever phrase, clever and efficient way of describing mm-hmm. something which is so awful and brutal. But you know, when you see that, you know what it you is, you know what the fuck that means. Mm-hmm. And I think yep. that's so hard to do. It's yep. so hard to take a huge topic and put it down to this thing. Mm-hmm. that everyone can resonate with. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. It was It was October 2017 when actress uh, Alyssa Milano encouraged women to say me too. So it's it's funny that it had to take a celebrity to kind of like put that up on a, Isn't that on mad? a pedestal. I, I, but for, yeah. For me, it feels like the me too thing was like a, a long time ago. This is like the last two or three years. It's It's incredible. Yeah. That this is just like, we 2017 just, people just got on board ago. with it so um, uh, people, no, 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 but that's people what I'm saying, our age got on board with it so quickly older yeah. people didn't maybe no. as much no 
Um, but it, it's it's crazy. And also, um, it's good to point out that uh, Alyssa Milano also acknowledged Burke's earlier use of the phrase on Twitter, um, saying, I was made aware of an earlier Me Too movement. So I think Alyssa Milano didn't okay. even necessarily know what she was referencing when she right. first said it. Right. And then it's it's like, uh, honey, I was here first. Hi, I was here like 15 years um, ago. Hi, literally, I've been doing this work thanklessly this whole time. Yeah. So hi. Um, yeah, so, but she's been, Burke has been super supportive of the Me Too hashtag and she is basically, I mean, she's the founder of the movement. Amazing. So, so she is. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. She's time person of the year, which is pretty incredible. Um, and she's doing speaking engagements all across the country and across the world. Um, so, I mean, if she's ever in your, if she's ever in your country, in your town, in your place of residence, you should absolutely hear her speak because she just sounds amazing and incredible yeah um she won the trailblazer award in 2019 uh she won the voices of the year award uh from she knows media uh she's just yeah kind of just an incredible person she's also like doing more activist things which i'll just tell you some of the things Mm -hmm. that she's been doing so that if you want to support her in any way Mm -hmm. um she is the senior director of girls for gender equity in brooklyn which strives to help young women of color increase their overall development through various programs and classes which is sick what's that called is that is there a name for the company yeah uh girls for gender equity okay girls for gender equity um and then just be inc uh, Just be. She's got. She, she nails these two little. She's really good. She's great. She's great. She's, coining those terms. I know. She's really. She's really got it going on. Um, yeah. I mean, this is. It's crazy because these are things that she has been developing her whole life. In 1997, she met a girl named Heaven, which is why I was telling you that I actually really like that name. <laughs> uh, I was telling Will earlier that I think that's a dope name. Um, she met a girl named Heaven who told her about her sexual abuse. Um, and she said she didn't know what to say and never saw the girl again. And she wished she had said me too. That's like kind of how the whole thing came about. It's amazing that just looking at her biography, such an empowered person that for for her whole life has Mm -hmm. been working at this. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so amazing to see And amazing that she's finally getting some recognition now. Because now people are starting to realize, oh fuck, she was the one that, this. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. She's done like, uh, you know, speaking uh, engagements at like Brown University, MIT. She's she's done TED Talks. So definitely check her out. Definitely uh, look up Tarana Burke because she's awesome. Um, but yeah, I just thought I would highlight her because me being a little dummy thought that the Me Too movement just sprang out of nowhere, which is classic. I feel like not enough people talk about her. So yeah, we just yeah. I think with this episode we just tried to we just want to highlight like black voices that the world didn't know about and they should know about. Yeah, and it's just you you don't. I feel like the world, the media, just doesn't push this stuff to the spotlight enough. No. You don't see enough of it. No, and even when we're researching it, like it's all there. Yeah, you can't. It's like it's just like you don't. It's like we're not being shown it. Yeah. And Which is it, weird because it's like, who doesn't want us to see it? And then it? you read about this stuff, you're like, fuck, this is incredible. Yeah, it's why are we here. talking? Listener sounds like the next Apple Pay it's like, and we're not hearing no, about and it. No, and I just feel like there's got to be like a better way of of getting information like this. I, I It's it's odd. Yeah. It's yeah. very weird. Well, it's the same. It's the same like, you know, when, when we were talking about art detectives, it's a lot easier to hear about 
you know, uh, yeah, white Dutch <laughs> yeah. detective who's yeah. doing who's primarily trying to find European art. Yeah. But, you know, you don't hear about the Kenyan Kenyan doctor no. who's like trying to find sacred uh, grave markers yeah. that have been stolen from his country. Yeah. It's like it's it's very interesting. It's interesting the things that get told and the things that don't get told. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah, if you have any other people that you'd like to highlight, feel free to uh, tweet us at COMC Podcast. We would love to hear from you on Twitter so we can chat. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Also, you can tag us at Arden Rose or at Will Derbyshire on Twitter, and we would love to like retweet some cool stories. If you have anyone else that you would like to highlight, these are just a few people, obviously, that we think are amazing. Um, uh, also, yeah. guys, just a quick thing to say that we're going to be streaming every day for the next uh, week or so, uh, taking Saturdays and Sundays off. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's a new Animal Crossing update coming out this Friday. Which is actually going to so be... So actually, the-, the day after you listen to this, or potentially the day you do listen to this, yeah. we're going to be streaming uh, every day from 4 o'clock GMT, so yeah. 4 o'clock UK mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, we take the weekends off, but we're there in the week, so if you want to come Monday hang out... Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Swing by, we'd love to have you. We're always thinking up new games, but we're jazzed about getting back into Animal Crossing because Absolutely. it's a little lull. Yeah. But now we're moving back up again. Yep. And right now we're working on Will's new cafe, which you might have already seen. My new cafe. It looks great. The I'm cafe's so, coming along it's coming so on well. splendidly. Oh, so I'm really excited about it. Um, but as per usual, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you can leave us a good review on iTunes, that would be super duper helpful. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.